1: Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tio Roxas. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told By Nomads. Today's guest is Jason Will. Jason grew up in an entrepreneurial family who stressed the importance of customer service and communication. Therefore, those principles have been ingrained from him or in him from an early age, you know, over the past 10 years, he successfully worked as a social media and technology consultant, freelance writer, speaker, advisor, anything pertaining to communication or building a global network, you name it. But over that period of time, building personal brands, teams, companies are the things that he found out fueled his passion. If you ask him, he will tell you content marketing is significantly greater than social selling. And then he'll add an emphasis and say always to that. So Jason is the founder of Zipkick, which we'll talk about earlier, um, later on. And um, I'm pretty excited to have him on the show talk about the importance of self-wellness, how to build a community, how to build your, uh, your personal brand, and how to do that from a way and a point of view that is skills globally. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I, it's a pleasure. The pleasure is mine. I, I get generally excited, and you're going to hear it in my voice as I'm going, when I, I hear someone like you who, who's had that deep awareness of who he is from an early age and been working on those skills. Because I always stress that, you know, Everyone should use their difference to make a difference. We're all unique in our own way, and we can all make a global Im- impact. But it starts with us. So I want you to explain just why that stressing of you know communication and customer service by uh, from your parents was really important to you growing up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's something that my parents have always you know really uh, have given over to us as as kids, my brother and I, and. Um, They had a grocery store for about 14 to 15 years um, that they sold uh, back in in 2013, 2014 timeframe. And, you know, when they were running that business, uh, the local St. Paul paper actually picked up a story about them and said, you know, this is one of the last establishments that understands an old school business mentality, right? And most people, when you hear that, it's really hard to understand exactly what you mean by that. but. You know, they would greet people by name. They would know what their orders are. They would know what days they're coming in, what times they're coming in. Um, you know, they had countless number of IOUs based on you know uh, regular customers that would come in. And yes, it was an old school way of doing business, but I don't see it as that. I see it as you understand your customer, and your customers are very personal because you understand that that is what drives your livelihood. And you know, being a kid and growing up in that that environment, um, it's just made the customer-centric focus for me and everything I do in life uh, on the forefront. And not just customers in terms of like people that pay your bills. Yes, that's nice, but uh, customers are also people that uh, believe in you, um, or you know, teammates. You know, it, it's really universal in in that uh, in that need. So. I think it's being self-aware and um, under, understanding that your network is only as strong as, as what you create around you.
1: Yeah, you, you know, I read something yesterday which was saying, you know, the key to your net worth is your self-worth, and it was it's so simple. It's one of those things uh, that the people like to say, and then the person followed it up by saying, your net worth is only as strong as your network, and that sort of tied in both things, where understanding yourself is the best way you can learn what. What ways you can learn and grow to communicate, which will ultimately lead to you growing your network, but also your network—you know—being your net worth is that you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with, and and hearing you talk, I hear a lot of those elements. It also makes me more curious about how you discovered all these things and some of the lessons that you might have, this uh, you know, discovered as as a kid. Maybe Jason. Little Jason growing up did some things that he probably wouldn't do now, but he's grateful for those experiences. So I kind of want you to narrate, you know, 5-year-old Jason, 10-year-old Jason, 15, 20, and then you're like, wow, this is my aha moment. I finally figured it out. I can put it together.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the <laughs> I could probably boil it down to a couple of different things, but there were a series of events that happened uh, in my life that at the time were pretty um, – tough to deal with, to say the least. Um, I had aspirations as a young child to become a professional hockey player and um, was on that trajectory um, up until a a pretty early age. I'd say I played hockey for about uh, nine years, of which five of that was uh, pretty much around the clock, uh, meaning seven days a week and three, four hours a day uh, quite often. And you know, went down and uh, had a very bad knee injury and that altered kind of the course of, of my future. Um, and what's interesting about that is, is you're faced with challenges in life where you can choose to, you know, go ahead and say, yep, I'm gonna throw in the towel. Or you can say, you know, the competitive spirit I have, the, the team uh, nature focus, um, you know, since it is a team sport, the ability to coach others and, and collaborate with others; these are all skills that are, are transferable to other other places. And um, you're faced with adversity a lot in life, but you know it's really all about the energy that you project back into the world when you are faced with that adversity, and not allowing it to you know take you off the path that that you know is true, uh, not only to your passion but um, you know to what you feel is right.
1: No, uh, that's true. I mean, here <laughs> you said that that hockey injury, and hearing you talk about that reminds me of my aspirations. I wanted to be a basketball player, and I consider that very, very seriously. Um, I didn't. I don't think I had the same skills you did because it wasn't an injury that got me out. It was me walking onto the court on my first day of college, realizing quickly that I did not have the skills needed to be. Uh, translated on the next level But it was something that I had worked towards For a long time and, and I remember That feeling of like wow what is next and, and Figuring that out can be an interesting Battle where you sort of get Down on yourself and you decide to do something About it or you just Wallow in self pity And then let a few years go by before you Realize it's too late so how did Jason Transition out of that And understand that hey Personal brand is my thing Building communities is my thing. Traveling, all this—you know—how did that come about for you?
0: Yeah, so actually, um, it was probably almost almost two years ago, year and a half ago. Um, I started to get a little bit more active on on Twitter and, and Instagram, and um, you know, I saw all these these influencers online. And, you know, when people think about influencers, they think about, you know, A-list celebrities. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that have 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000 followers that are experts or they're doing something that's a cut above the rest. Because it's actually hard to get into into those numbers. And I just had this. Very strong instinct that this was going to be the future of of content marketing was going to be through these influencers that were more relatable than watching, let's say, Tom Brady, Hawk Gillette on TV. Right. And in that moment, I realized that these influencers probably have a global network that they're in the midst of building. And really, it's the power of collaboration that builds a community. It's not just one person that goes out and recruits a thousand people. It's it's that spiral effect of each person brings their community and jointly as a whole, it's, it's effective. And um, I came across this guy, Mr. Scott Eddy, online, and I'd never seen something so engaging in terms of, It didn't matter what hour of the day that people messaged him. It didn't matter the context, unless it was uh, a spam message or something like that. But he was replying to everything and having these super engaging conversations online. And in that moment, my customer service hat went on, and it said, wow, this is literally the customer service around the clock, 24 hours a day, that you can serve your customers. And in that moment, I made a conscious decision to reach out to him, and uh, 13 days later, he landed in San Francisco from Thailand, and uh, we've been off to the races ever since.
1: Wow, that's a, that's an incredible story, and, and that's that's one of persistence, that's one of um, recognizing your skill and recognizing where an opportunity is. When, when digital marketing came, and social media came, the advent, 2007, 2008, 2009, when Twitter, Facebook walled there, I remember the whole the way businesses looked at social media was, well, I don't know if there's an ROI in this. I can't measure this. This is one of those things that seem flashy. But as we've seen right now, as we're in 2016, it's become the bedrock for a lot of things. A lot of Instagram people have become personalities, Vine, um, well, <laughs> Vine might be on the way down, but it's launched a lot of people, it's, and all these platforms, YouTube. I've been able to establish communities around the world, it's been able to establish personal brands to the level that has rivaled what was traditional media in the past. I'm very curious in your observations, especially since you started working on this two years ago, what, would it, what are the basics, what are the foundation for anyone who really wants to build a brand that resonates across cultures? A lot of the listeners that listen to the podcast, they come from several backgrounds, And then they always constantly wondering, how can I use my innate skill as someone who's already been across several different countries and translate that and amplify that into a digital uh, format or platform where someone in Thailand can listen to it just as well as someone in uh, Brazil?
0: you know when you when you build a community it's really around the the strength of of what that represents and who it represents around the world when people join communities it's because they feel that it's representative of exactly how they would want the world to see this group right and within travel because it's so diverse and people come from so many different backgrounds and speak so many different languages you have to have a community that encompasses all of those those differences but really there's more similarities than there are differences when you really get traveling, and you meet just such incredible people on the road. It's um, it's just an extension of your friendship, you know, in your local environment. It's now on a global scale, which, for me, to have friends around the world is is the mecca.
1: Absolutely, especially in a time like today, where it's it's become increasingly obvious that many people have different agendas to create divisions. And I, I think it's, it's time for people like us to understand that putting up walls doesn't advance the community or advance society. It actually, you know, takes us back. What we should be focused on is bridging those those gaps and seeing what we can do together when it comes to business, when it comes to culture awareness, and, you know, even travel.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, overall you hear and I don't I don't watch the news much myself because I just it's not the sentiment that I like to project into the world. But right. Uh, You know, my my parents would always joke with me as a kid and they'd say, gosh, you know, all your friends, it's like the United Nations coming together. And I said, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing, you know, because I grew up in Minnesota where there wasn't a ton of diversity or um, things happening as far as initiatives um, when I was growing up. But the city of St. Paul, Minneapolis, the Twin Cities area they had brought in a number of refugee groups from Somalia. They brought in refugee groups. Um, it's it's a nomadic people uh, from Laos, Cambodia, and uh, and Vietnam. And you know when these initiatives started happening, it was unbelievable what it did for the cultural scene, the art scene, um, the food festivals, and and really the the cities that have embraced this. San Francisco being one of my favorites in this regard. You just see you see what the world actually is in a city and, and the collaboration and um, just the, the nature of people intersecting uh, in, in a city of diversity is, is a beautiful thing. And more people should concentrate on that uh, versus trying to push away from it.
1: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I want to transition here to, to practical elements of a personal brand. You've done a tremendous job with yours, Jason. And the listener out there, the 17-year-old, to the you know 35 year old whichever person's listening he or she is asking themselves you know I've kind of had this idea for a while you know social media has been intimidating to me but I I can't go to sleep without this bothering me you know this is something I feel like I need to act on what are maybe three steps that he or she can work on to to just get that personal brand up and running and then what maybe you know what's the next step after that
0: so so number one is you have to make a conscious decision that you understand the the necessity of having an online personal brand, because it's really the new uh, digital resume. The paper resume that we used to have and send that around is becoming less and less relevant. Um, people want to see how you actually project yourself to the world. Um, so once you have that mindset, I think the next step is, is to understand. Who's the audience that you want to reach and what platforms are they using? I mean, if, if your target demographic is something under 22, 23 years old, you might want to consider something like Snapchat. And um, you know, if you, if you want to target more of a wide range of people, uh, you could probably go to you know a Facebook or a Twitter or something like that, but you have to understand your audience, you have to understand the context of what it is that you want to say. So take a look at brands that you like or and those could be company brands or personal brands, learn how to talk online. Don't talk like a robot. Make sure that you understand how to produce engaging conversations. And we talked about it at the very, very beginning, which was content marketing is always needing to take precedence over social selling. When people start online, they look at it as a platform to start to do what is the modern day cold calling. That's not what your your. You know intent should be online your intent should be creating a enormous amount of value for your followers so that they're engaged they trust you they look at you as a thought leader and once you establish that then they will naturally convert and buy and, and click on the things that you want um to run a business or, or something over those lines
1: that that's that's amazing and i love that i was i was holding myself back in the mic, I was like putting on mute and coming back, because you're basically preaching to the choir here, which is so true. I think it's, understanding your audience is very, very key, and and this ties into the fact that you had a deep sense of self-awareness early on. It's when you know who you are, you definitely understand your voice. Now, going using that and translating that to go to where you want the audience to be, like if you're on Snapchat, for example, and you're reaching younger people, you know that that's where the audience is, so you spend time and develop the the, your your craft and your personality there, but you put out enough content where people recognize that this is the you know Jason will voice. not this is the Jason voice telling me to buy my webinar after just introducing himself to me and understanding the importance of building that foundation and how that will ultimately lead to whatever you want to do if you essentially map it out. you know you can leverage it out to a speaking opportunity that can lead to a consulting opportunity. Which is the selling you want to do in the first place? But having someone recommend you gives you a bigger opportunity than you just saying, hey, I'm cool. I brought this and this is my product. Buy it now. You know, it's understanding the long play and understanding how your content strategy plays into that ultimate goal of yours.
0: Yeah. So there's there's a couple of things also to point out, which is, you know, people want to do business with people that they get along with. Right. And the people they get along with are typically the people that they can carry a conversation with or they, you know, might want to go out and say, hey, let's go to a conference together. Let's hang out. Let's actually be friends. Right. You know, those are the choices that people are are making and they're signing contracts based on that type of engagement. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Um, And then because, you know, you're in New York, you've got a powerhouse right down the street from you. Gary Vaynerchuk. Right. right? And when he first started out, if you listen to any of his podcasts or any of the things he talks about, he had 20, 30, 50 views on his YouTube videos in the early days when he was building out his wine business online. He had nothing. And he said, it's not about, you know, the thousand views right out of the gate or, or going viral or whatever. Every single day, you're trying to get a few more followers. And he said, as long as he keeps on going up and it keeps on showing month over month growth, he knows that he's on the right path. But it's by giving that, you know, that valuable information that makes your content sticky. And, and that's why people come back.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of authenticity and value, you're a man that started ZipKick. Can you talk to us about ZipKick and why that's important today?
0: Yeah, it's um, it, it's something that waking up every day and working on it is a complete blessing. And um, as somebody who's an avid traveler, and you know, after being around so many influencers for the last year and a half in the uh, in the travel business, there were a few things that just never made sense. Which was, why are influencers the modern day starving artists, and why are they not able to monetize social? Social is very, very hard to monetize unless you have over 100,000 followers. That's one of the things. The second thing is is that these influencers or these experts of industry were not using the traditional travel review sites to post any of their recommendations. They were solely going out on social media. Well, as we all know, social media has a very short shelf life and it gets lost into the noise of, of what now social media is, right? which means that you're you have to rise above that somehow. And and not only that, but you know, there are estimates that have come out that said 20 to 50 percent of all online travel reviews are actually fake now. And and you see this, um, you know, people are posting, I'll pay you ten dollars to write a review. I'll pay you five dollars. I'll give you a free meal to write a review. It's like it's just nonstop biased reviews online. And the intersection of all of that is really Zipkick, which is the consolidated app where we approve influencers to make recommendations for places around the world. And we're starting with restaurants, bars, and cafes, but it's gonna be moving into a lifestyle app that has all sorts of things that you're gonna need on your travels. And that trust, transparency, and the fact that these personal brands mean so much to our influencers, you naturally will have the authenticity as well.
1: It's, it's a brilliant idea. You, know, you basically bring in reviews from the world's top travel bloggers Chefs, you know sommeliers, mixologist. and mixologists, and these are the people that people want to hear from, and and it's you know and it's in such an, an authentic way that people will basically be able to say you know I trust that opinion, and you know you've, it seems like you've aggregated that, and it's also your life's work because you live it, which is the other thing that I love about your business is it's an extension of your personality.
0: Yeah, and and, and you know the business is inherently social, and I love meeting new people, and. um you know, what's, what's really great about it is, is that the community is made up of personal friends. These are people that, you know, you could go spend a week with and you're like, gosh, I just don't want to leave hanging out with you. Right. And, um, it's, you know, it's the fact that I'm able to open up monetization opportunities for the community. And we're working on a number of deals right now, um, that once they close, I mean, it's, it's going to be completely game changing for influencers. And, um, you know, I think that that gets me up every day, and and the fact that you can drive so much value back into the community for their hard work is is ultimately what helps me go to bed at night.
1: All right, creating value and just boosting up the profiles of influencers. How can people find out more about Zipkick?
0: So, if you are a food blogger uh, or within the travel space, as far as chefs, sommeliers, mixologists, you can email community at zipkick.com. Uh, just know that we are now getting several hundred uh, inbound requests per month. so we're trying to keep up uh, as fast as possible going through those. But um, you know we do get back to everybody, whether it's a yes or a no. And um, you know we'll 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 candidly take it from there. and if it's a good fit, we'll uh, we'll move quickly to get you on board.
1: Awesome. I'm going to put this in the show notes and we are definitely putting more information out there, but I think it's a great opportunity uh, like uh, like Jason was saying for for a lot of, of of you know influencers out there, you know, who are constantly looking for ways to get the word out there. And I I firmly believe we're moving towards an influencer economy, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm a millennial, but a lot of Gen Zers only listen to influencers. You know, you ask them what their favorite show is and they, they'll bring up their favorite YouTuber or their favorite viner or their favorite Instagram. And these are people they trust and this is definitely a platform if you're in that space that you should definitely check out and if you want to truly build that global network. So um I definitely recommend that. So I want to talk about some personal things with you as as we're getting ready to wrap up, but it appears that your favorite cities are San Francisco and Barcelona. Why is that so, Jason?
0: <laughs> well, it's it, it, it's it's the it's the cultural melting pot and um I think, you know, about Barcelona what made me fall in love with that place is that just the the architecture and um, you know the focus on on the arts uh, as a whole. You know the museums there are completely mind blowing, and and on top of that, you know just the energy in that city uh, is something special. And I really I really vibe with the energy in my environment, and I see that in San Francisco as well. Um, you know, being around people from all walks of life, you have people coming every day to San Francisco to, you know, roll the dice and try to hit the next big tech opportunity. And you meet a lot of dreamers. You meet a lot of, you know, realists. You meet a lot of people that, um, you know, just have such diverse backgrounds. And and I think their stories are fascinating. And, you know, when you team up with people and, and you learn about their story, I think inherently it makes you uh, more self-aware and also more aware of of the cultures around the world and i'm just fascinated by people and you know that's that's where a lot of my energy comes from is uh is the thrill of of meeting that next person that could become a longtime friend and um you know experience a lot of wonderful things
1: sounds like a beautiful love affair my friend (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it
0: travels a beautiful thing.
1: It is travels it is. such
0: a beautiful thing, and um, you know what you see on the news or you read online is actually not representative of of what the world um, is and what the world will surprise you with in a positive way uh, when you do travel. So you you can never forget about that.
1: That is so true. That is so true. Other things you like doing. I mean, you've touched on networking. Uh, apparently. You're also a cook or chef. You love cooking. You love cooking. And- <laughs>
0: I, I love food, man. I love food. I, I should, I, I should be probably 500 pounds at this point, but, um, you know, I I'm able to somehow get to the gym on a regular basis and keep a lot of it off. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I love, I, I love food. Um, I think, you know, some of my happiest moments are, are cooking. Um, it's, it's a de-stressing moment for me and, um, I love cooking for other people and seeing the enjoyment on their face when they have a good meal. And, um, you know, on top of that, wine has become a, a very significant passion of mine. And um, that's actually some of the opportunities we're tracking down are kind of the intersection of food and wine. And uh, in the next few months, we'll, we'll probably have something to announce uh, along those lines. But I just think that, you know, through... Food and, and drinks. Um, it's not necessarily the food or the drinks that make the moment. It's the people and the conversation that do, and um, those those are the memories that I just I'd love to to carry through. And uh, I don't know. You you just can't recreate a lot of these moments when you're on the road.
1: No, I, I definitely look forward to it. And, and one of the things that I love that you're you're such a people person, but you know, cooking. It's one of those equalizers. One of those things that connects people to cultures. Whether you're learning about some of the food, or you're using cook, uh, cooking, and to bring people together, that's community building already. You know that that's another thing that's feeding into your passion. And I've loved having this interview with you so far is because you're you're that rare individual who's understood himself so much that everything it does feeds into what he's doing. Whether it's his business, whether it's his hobbies, it's all centered around your love for people and creating that sense of community. And I think that's so important for anyone listening there, whether, you know, whether you're 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, you're 15 or whatever. It's understanding just the things that make you tick and positioning yourself in those environments, whether it's the city, whether it's the activities, whether it's the business that you get yourself involved in.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, people talk about work life balance. Well, I, I don't even know what that means because my work and my life are, are really one and the same. Right. And, you know, you can ask yourself, do you want to go work? Do you want to wake up every day and work the job where you have to think about work life balance because you really just don't like that job? Or are you going to take it um, on yourself and say, you know what, I shouldn't have to blur those. I shouldn't have to have two separate lines. Um, you know, they really should be one and the same. And, you know, your passion for life and your zest when you wake up in the morning is, is significantly different when you get to work on something that, uh, that's your mission in life. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't choose anything else but this.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You, um, this is, this is my favorite thing about you so far. This man here completed an uh, an 11,000 mile U S road trip in 50 days, 50 days. How did you do it in 50 <laughs> days? That's 11,000 miles. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so funny because uh scott Eddy, who's our brand ambassador uh a company came to him and said hey we'd like to put you in a uh in a kia for five days 500 miles and scott and i we have very similar personalities where it's like either we go zero or we go a thousand miles an hour and um he said yeah what do you think about this and i said well It's pretty lame, actually, if you ask me. I mean, five days, 500 miles. I mean, what are we going to do, go up to wine country for a couple days? I'm like, eh, <laughs> we can do that anytime we want. How about we go back and we say, let's propose 60 days, 10,000 miles, and we'll give them like this whole heap of things that we're going to do along the way. And we already had existing relationships with tourism boards and figured that we could kind of you know, fill in the gaps along the way. And uh, they came back and said, nobody's ever said that they would want to do this um absolutely let's do it and um we're like okay cool now we just started figuring it out and um scott and i went on the road and gosh it's unbelievable i mean if you type in the hashtag uh zip loves kia yeah you'll see a whole heap of content from uh, from the trip and you know it's moments like that where you know scott and i remember we had one section where we drove um it was a 28-hour drive um, that we did in 33 hours, and because um, we we slept for five hours at a rest stop. Um, but you know, it's moments like that where you're in the car with somebody for so many hours that, like, how do you always find a way to get along and like keep on doing positive things? It's, right. it's a lot of days to spend with somebody in a car, but um, <laughs> we we met such incredible chefs. Um, the, there are multiple tourism boards that just you know, rolled out the red carpet for us. We went to the Minnesota State Fair, which is a near and dear one to my heart because it's the, the largest state fair in the United States. And um, we just did so many cool things in this vehicle that was wrapped in ZipKick logos. And, you know, it's uh, it's forever a memorable experience that, again, I, I don't think can be recreated. And, and it's those unique experiences that we really try to, to strive for and uh, open up people's minds.
1: I love it. That's that's, that's so brilliant. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, one of uh, Jason's favorite quotes is: "In challenging times, stay positive. In times of greatness, stay humble." And it sounds like that's what happened because there was definitely some greatness there. But that was but that was a way that you all stayed challenging. Uh, um, you all stayed positive throughout that. And you know, for those that don't know who Scott Eddy is, I, Scott is someone I've been trying to actually get on the radio to get on the podcast. But he's a Jamaican Lebanese American who's one of the um, you know the top global travel influencers. So he's He's, you know, he's also a travel influencer, and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty known in that space. So, it must have been fun hanging around uh, him for those, you know, those amount of days.
0: Yeah, and you know what, I'll tell you, as as being somebody who uh, spends as much time as we do together, um, I still vicariously live through him on a regular basis. Right now, he's on a uh, Star Alliance around the world trip. So they picked seven of the top influencers around the world in travel, and they flew him around the world. And he's in the middle of that trip uh, right now, and I just, I mean, the things that that guy gets to see and experience in me, it's just, it's unbelievable to me that somebody can have that. I just, (laughs) I love the guy to death, but at the same time, I get so jealous, you know, (laughs) of the things. And, and, you know, we we were able to do quite a bit of stuff together on the road trip that I just was like, why is this happening to me? But, um, you know, we have a lot of fun. And again, in, in times of greatness, you know, staying humble, uh, don't ever let you know uh, free things or you know you get paid to do something or whatever it is. Never let it change your your outlook on life.
1: Absolutely no, I, and it's funny you saying that because I've honestly I've been trying to well since I launched the podcast I've been looking at Scott Eddy's Twitter just like with him like one day I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get him on the show. But he's he definitely seems like he's up to some incredible things. So I'm um, um I'm definitely honored that you uh that you are matching what I've always thought. You're basically saying that. So um, as we wrap up here, I always ask my guests my mission statement. Now my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So I want to know how you, sir, use your difference to make a difference.
0: Um, You know, every single week um, I try to reach out to one person that I've never met before and ask if they need help. And, you know this this idea of random acts of kindness, um, especially in the way that the world um, is operating today, it, you know you see a lot of things that you, you know you wish could be different, or or people would just reach out unexpectedly. Um, I, I I think for me, d- don't try to look for a reason to help somebody. Um, you know, reach out and ask somebody if they need help, and instead of asking somebody what they do. Ask them how you can help them, and uh, if more people do that, then I think the the spiral effect of what that means and and what that projection of the world is is going to help change some people for the better. So, so that's that's my that's my mantra, and um, you know, it goes along with you know the 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 mission that you just said, which is you know how to make a difference. And I think it's the unexpected kindness that uh, resonates with people a lot.
1: There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Jason. Committed to providing value, committed to giving to the world. And I you know, I can't tell you how much fun I've had with this interview in you know, world traveler, master of all things digital, and just all around good guy who's committed to making the world a better place by connecting them with pe- with you know, people that they normally would hang out with despite where the geography states. It's it's been an honor having you on on the show and I really really, really hope that, uh, you know, we continue to have, you know, maybe more segments uh, with you. Where can people find you?
0: Uh, I'm probably the most accessible person because of, you know, the nature of our business. But uh, Jason B. Will, uh, that's the letter B in the middle, W-I-L-L. You can find me on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, You can always uh, get in contact with any of our Zipkick accounts, Z-I-P-K-I-C-K. And drop us a line, either support at zipkick.com if you're having any issues um, or community at zipkick.com if you want to join the community as a potential influencer. We're very responsive. We love talking to people and um, you you never know who you're going to cross paths with. And I think that's a a very beautiful thing. So don't be shy. Reach out to us. We're very normal, regular people that absolutely just love what we do. And uh, collectively as a whole, we're going to do some great things.
1: Brilliant. I'll put that in the show notes, and I will close with this, nomads and people of the world. In challenging times, stay positive. In times of greatness, stay humble. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Tall by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.